Hash House and Circle Up. Welcome to On On, the Hash House Harrier podcast for interviews, history, and stories. I'm your host, Ra. Welcome to the On On podcast. Today, we've got a very special interview. This is conducted by Run to Eat, our so far only guest interviewer. It was at the Interhash Goa, November 2022, and away from the crowd, sitting on the beach, she had a chance to interview the person who has attended more Interhashes than anyone else, the Penguin. So here's Run to Eat interviewing Interhash survivor, the Penguin. Give me your name. And what is your home hash? Home hash, that's a difficult one. I like long stories. <laughs> well, my name is Ron Slacken, which has nothing to do with it. I was given the name the Penguin when living in Jakarta, where I started high school. And that's why I say I still consider that very much my home. And I was out there last month for the so-called 50th anniversary of the founding of Jakarta Hash. And I went out there for a couple of weeks and we had a wonderful, wonderful time celebrating that. Oh, that's wonderful. In fact, I can tell you that prior to my visit to Jakarta, I went to visit Gordon Benton, Bent One. He was the founder of the Hash in Jakarta in 1971. So I spent the afternoon with Gordon just chatting about the old days. Do you know what he did? took out a piece of paper and he said, you see Ron, it started here in Jalan Telesonic and we went round here and round here and round here and round and there was all rice fields and palm trees and that was his, he's a 90 year old and that was his memory of the run number one in 1971. He remembered everything. He remembered it all. So I went out there and went for a walk in that area. I know the area myself, of course, having lived there for many years and uh, it's interesting to have this and have his message. He had a recorded message on video which was put on the screen in Jakarta. So it was very much the original man and the screen and the 50th anniversary. What year was it you started hashing in Jakarta? It was 1974 in actual fact. It's always been recorded as the 13th of January 1975. And the reason I'm so precise is Jakarta Counting, bookkeeping, and cash was so immaculate, they could tell you exactly what it And I'd been to two or three runs prior to knowing what was going on. I was more of a guest. Okay. And then I started myself, and the first date was the 13th of January, 1975, and that was the 200th run of Jakarta Hash. And that is why I had to give my name and pay my money myself. And that's why I was officially recorded then. Who got you into hashing? You're not going to believe this. <laughs> But there was a girl in the Australian Embassy in Jakarta I was a friend with, and she, she was able to go to the Jakarta hash, which was a men-only hash. Yes. I repeat, men-only hash. And it was this girl, Judy Prosser, who, after chatting to them, enticed me to come along one time to go for a run. I said, run, running. No, 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 I, I played tennis, squash, diving. Other things, running? No, I wouldn't enjoy that. Anyway, I went, and I've never looked back in 47 years. <laughs> Excellent. So explain your hash name, the penguin. How oh, did you get that? Oh, dear, oh, dear. Because oh dear. penguins aren't indigenous to Jakarta, obviously. No, but this one is. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> well, what's happened? I, I was the hash master uh, in 1980, 82. After the run, I always wore this peak cap. After the run, I always wore a sarong because two reasons: it keeps the mosquitoes off and keeps the smell in. <laughs> I always wore the sarong, and in those days, I was a bit more plump than I am now. I've lost a bit of it. Looking sideways, a couple of guys says, "Look at him! He looks like an effing penguin." <laughs> oh God! That's so they not gave nice. me the name, the penguin. Oh. <laughs> And that name has stuck, I'm pleased to say, because it's, at least it's a clean name. Yeah, <laughs> yes. I, I, yeah. I personally don't like some of the ones to be yeah, vulgar for vulgar Yeah, some terrible names around, yeah. Since you've been hashing in Jakarta and several other places, yeah. what are your favorite personal hash traditions and preferences when you go hashing? I do like tradition. Um, uh, I love the history of the hash. I've been reading up all about that. I've, well, since the early I became a member of the Hash House Heritage. I was a founder member of the Hash House Heritage. I think there were 23 of us, obviously 32, can't remember, 23, I think. I've kept up that interest over the years and worked as a trustee of the Hash House Heritage with the idea of rebuilding the Hash House, mm. which had been demolished many, many years ago to build a flyover within Kuala Lumpur. So I've always been interested in the history and the traditions of hashing. And I'm really not interested in things like red dress runs, mm. no. Okay. Uh, and other silly things which have crept in over the years. I'm not strongly opposed to them, but my preference is to remember the history and the traditions of hashing. I've read up all about you know, the guys who started it all. And one of my great pleasures, if, you've, if that was your question, was in 1986, uh, I went to Phuket, no, I did not. That's the one I missed. Uh, I went to Pattaya in Thailand. I went to Pattaya and uh, Magic, that was Tim Hughes, who was sadly since died, and his friend Frank Benfield, the orator, who has since died. Sad. They asked me if I would look after the guest of honour, who was Horst Thompson, who was the one of the founders of Dash. Mm -hmm. And I was given a nice suite in the hotel and because he, at 82 years of age, he was, he wasn't able to go running, so I stayed back and I just sort of went around and bought him a couple of drinks and things like that. That, was, that sort of thing. So that was one of my fondest memories of the link with hashing right back oh, to 1938. Fantastic. He was hashing in 1938. And that's one of my fondest memories. Do you prefer flour, paper or chalk? Oh dear, it depends where you are. I mean, I've hashed in the Middle East. There's a lot of sand. Chalk doesn't work. No. <laughs> Flower, paper, it depends on paper. the terrain. Yeah, it depends does. on the terrain, yeah. yeah. Who would you actually consider some of your hash mentors, or do you have any? Gordon Benton was definitely the one, Benton, who founded Jakarta Hash. Uh, I, I also worked together for a period of time. He's an architect, I'm a surveyor, so we did have yep. similar things. And He was very much in the early days, but... Just generally, once I got into the hash and uh, met all these guys, that are, we were one of the biggest hashes in the world at that time, with about 100 to 150 turning up every Monday night. Oh, my goodness. So as a result of this, uh, you meet people and uh, you're talking mentors. Well, I, I can't start listing all of the names of people in the old days because there were, there were many, there were many, but I, uh, and I've remained uh, friendly with many of them, and that's now... Uh, 
47, 48 years later, still friends. <laughs> that is fantastic. We are here in lovely Goa, Interhash. What is the best event you've ever been on, and why was it so memorable? That's a very hard one. That's a very yeah. hard one because everyone is different. Mm-hmm. As you know, I've done all of the Interhashes except for one the year my mother died in 1992. I have fond memories of Goa because I was on the committee in 2002. And we worked there. I moved here for about two months prior to the event. And again, the year before that as well, 2001, we the place and got to decide, well, how can we do this? And where will we set that out? And uh, very, very much involved. Uh, obviously, Jakarta was a big, big event because, as I say, I was the hash master in Jakarta in 1982 when we had the third interhash. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we did there was uh, we had our Jakarta committee and then we had a subcommittee for interhash and they reported to the Chicago hash so that was a great learning curve how, how are we going to cope with 1250 people there was a number we were talking about big numbers then but since got a lot bigger of course 4,000 uh, 5,000 even I think Chiang Mai had 6,000 when I was there I, I'll accept that yes yeah. were, uh, it was a numbers became big it was in, uh, it was a mind yeah, yeah. It's, it's very hard to say one favourite uh, it's, it's just it's evolved over all these years but the experience of being involved in the early days I went the first one in 1978 in Hong Kong well no one knew quite what was going to happen there was no, no website no emails or anything posted a letter with a cheque in it to say you're, you're going to turn up that was virtually years. we didn't know where they were coming from from around the world oh, but it was a magnificent event with 750 to 800 people, can't remember. That was very memorable, of course, because we went from Hong Kong Island to mainland to Lantau Island, and, and the hashing, it was the first experience of a big international event, hashing. So that is also memorable. Each one has been memorable in its own way. That's all I can say. That's... Do you have one that you, apart from interhash, that you go to every time? Yes. We founded a hash in 1992, that's when I went back to the UK. I got a phone call from an old friend from Jakarta. He said, uh, hang on, do you think that we could uh, get a hash going here in the UK? Sort of exiles, expatriates back from Indonesia, so we could come from Bali, from Bandung, Medan, wherever they were. I said, well, give it a try, couldn't we? He said, well, the reason I'm asking is because I want to be the RA. This is Rex Sumner, tampon. He said, I want to be the RA. Would you be the hash master? And I said, well, we'll give it a try, see how it goes. We may not get anyone uh, turning up. We'll just have to see how it goes. In fact, a lot of people turned up. Well, I'd say a lot. It was about 20, 30 people. And that, that said, we said, right, this has been a success. Let's do it twice a year. And what we try to do generally is one hash in the UK to cater for those in the UK and one hash overseas somewhere. So since 1992, two hashes per year, generally, we usually have one in the UK, one overseas. It could be France, it could be Belgium. But we've also gone to uh, the extent of uh, Bali, where we did it. And we did one in Kuala Lumpur. <laughs> so we do travel also. This year, there's, we had to, past couple of years, of course, they fell through. Mm. But we did manage to get going. We got one in Winchester, 
last uh, September, can't remember. And the next one will be somewhere in the south of England again in the springtime. So that is a favourite hash because it tries very much to maintain the original memories of Indonesia, hashing in Indonesia. So the Indo nostalgia, nostalgia, Indo nostalgia hash is still one of my favourite hashes. We only meet a couple of times a year. What other positions have you had then in hash committees like RA, GM, or have you done it all? <laughs> yeah, I've probably done it all. I don't mean to both, but uh, at first in Jakarta, I was, I was dragged in as assistant master of music. <laughs> I loved singing, and uh, Len Funk, he was a guy from Washington, D.C. Well, he's actually originally from Seattle, but didn't matter. He was a, a great singer, and he started singing all these songs, and Jakarta became a world-famous singing hash. And we've now got books about that thick of all the songs we used to sing over so the many, many years. So what's your favourite hash song? Oh dear, come on. <laughs> no, what, what, what do you no, think um, is just the best? It just depends on the circumstances. You've got to bring it out at that moment. You, somebody will sort of nudge and say, mm -hmm. this afternoon somebody sang Iri and Jaya. I don't know if you know that song. Yeah. That song came from Mike Hansen, who uh, came from Singapore. And what we used to ask of the hares in Jakarta is that... I know Iran Right. We asked the hare to sing a song, preferably an original song. And he sang that song, and it was the most wonderful, just unbelievably good. So what Jakarta Hash did, we handed Interhash over from 1982 to Sydney in 1984. And what Jakarta Hash did was we made that our stage show in Sydney. And we all dressed up in yellow sarong and t-shirts, because that was a basic colour in Jakarta, yellow. We had the whole choir on the stage, and I sang the verses, because it's better that way, you hear the words better mm -hmm. than everyone trying to sing. But what uh, people didn't realise until halfway through the song, I was under my sarong wearing a kodaka. <laughs> and that was a... Well, use your own imagination. And that came out of um, Sarah. I mean, by the time you reach the fourth, fifth verse, okay. it appears. And it was very amusing at the time. Oh, that's one of my favorite songs. That's your, what you're asking. Of course, there are many others. Have you ever been injured or hurt on oh, trail? Oh, yes. <laughs> on hashing. On hashing? Yeah, yeah. Who can hash hundreds of thousands of miles without getting injured? Yeah. Of course, slip here and... Falling in rivers. What was the worst injury? Oh, oh, I can't recall any major one. It's just that all memories, things, things are going to go wrong. Yeah. Excellent. Tell me a wild or something that no one would really believe would happen. Hash tale story, memorable, something yeah. hashing. That hashing has the wonderful ability of it could only happen on the hash, that kind of story. So tell me a story. Dear, I'm not sure if you really relate this one, because it's not something to be proud of. Well, I mentioned our friend Tampon, who Rex uh, <coughs> Sumner, who one evening had the idea of celebrating Hitler's birthday. Oh, God. So we set off the trail from this housing estate, and he had chartered a couple of railway cattle coaches. Oh, my God. And we were queued into this cattle coach and driven down the line several kilometers and and then bailed out and we went into this big area, what the size of what we're looking at now, and 
put us into this big fence area, which then started handing out cigarettes and, and snacks. And, they, and at one point, we were all inside this cage, as it were. And what we didn't know was, as it turned dark, as I did just about now, he set them the fireworks and he set them alight, and the whole bloody place exploded. And all the local villagers panicked. You could hear them screaming, and uh, the police were brought in. What the mess going on here? They thought there was another invasion in Indonesia. Oh my God, what a mess has happened here. It didn't settle at that because, unfortunately, uh, some of the members of the hash. Uh, Offence of this, naturally, mm. naturally, mm. rightly so. And word got out to the various embassies and it, it reached the international press, and this is a true story. I got a phone call that evening from a good friend of mine, Charles Miller, he was the British defence attache, and he said, Ron, I've just heard there's been a bit of, a, a bit of an incident out at the hash tonight, and uh, I said, I'm afraid so. Yes, I'm afraid so. What happened? And I described the situation to him. And a lot of people left the hash oh, after dear. that incident. So that's not a good memory, but it's just it's a memorable one. I think yeah. that's what you asked me. Yep. Oh my yeah. goodness, that's amazing. Apart from horse, who else have you met on your travels that you just walked away going, that was such a memorable hasher? Wow, well, that's had already named a few. I mentioned Horse Thompson, who was in run number one. He was the first secretary of, of uh, Hash House Harriers, as it was known. And he was 82 years of age then. I'll never forget that weekend that I was asked to entertain him, if you like. I don't know, I was a very good friend with Tim Magic Hughes in Bangkok, who produced this magazine on a regular basis. I can't remember if it was monthly or fairly frequently. And he produced it all on his kitchen table. I mean, there were no computers and photocopiers and that sort of thing and he just he virtually wrote it by hand and got it typed up and it was posted out to people all the Tim was a lovely lovely bloke in fact I mentioned Sydney early 1984 it was while we were running in Sydney he said to me Ron do you think do you think we could do one in, uh, in Thailand and Pattaya I thought I can't see any reason why not but, uh, he said well we've been thinking about this and talking about it so that's why he and Frank uh, Benfield, Horator, and, and the other guys who were living there. I said, right, let's just do it, let's just do it. Now, there was no hash in Pattaya, but they came from Bangkok, and they said, this is a good location, let's do it here. That is also very memorable, just like this location here. I mean, there was no hash in Goa in yeah. 2002. But they came over from Hyderabad, looked at the area, said, right, we'll put a tent here, and that there, and that's how we set it up. Yes. Well, that's amazing. Do you think your attitude has changed over the years for hashing? Attitude? No. And the no. biggest question, if you could speak to yourself... Which I do when often. ...when you started hashing, <laughs> yes. if you could go back in time and speak to yourself, what would yeah. you say? Carry on doing what you're doing, because it's just a wonderful, wonderful experience in the hashing world. Hashing changed my whole life. That's why I had to get out to Jakarta last month for this 50th anniversary actually 52nd, it doesn't matter, because I realised that when I did finally join the hash, thanks to Judy, it changed my life. It changed my life, totally. And I've been living the same life ever since. And when travel comes into it, any big event here or there, or I want to be on it. 
What so, advice then would you give to people that are thinking, oh, I see this running club, I might start. What what advice would you give to them? Try it. <laughs> That's Do it once. Street. Do it once. Now, not everyone takes the hash, as we are well known. Some people think it's rude and naughty and bad words, etc. Et so what? Give it a try and you'll find that you'll meet a lot of like-minded people on the hash. You know, despite the bad language, etc., the majority are professionals and, and, and work-wise, but that is irrelevant because I think the greatest thing about the hash is there's no status, there's no... Everyone mixes. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you're the big boss of, of the bank or whether your guy sweeps the floor. Mm-hmm. If you fit into the hash, you've cracked it. You've cracked it. Exactly, my dad yeah. believes it's a leveler. Thing. It's a leveler, no question about that. Oh, and that. seldom do you ask if a person in the hash, "Oh, what's your job or work? What do no. you do?" What do you? you seldom ask that question. Things, anything you want to add? There's so many things. But another good story? I'm sure you have a knot. Another good story. Memorable. I had something in the back of my mind there. I've forgotten what it was. It's an age thing, you know. <laughs> many good stories. I. I've got many, many happy memories. And yes, there are some great stories come out. Uh, and usually it's you know, sitting in a friendly way with somebody and you're having a beer. You say, oh, I just remember that. Yes. Oh, that, that. I remember what happened then. Oh, yes. And you, you'll talk about it. So it's not necessarily specific. I remember, it just it comes out. It yeah. comes out and you remember something spontaneously. And, uh, oh, yeah, that was a great night. Yeah. Thank you very much, Penguin. I hope that wasn't too painful for you. I appreciate it. And... I'm sure Raul will appreciate it. I do appreciate it. And the penguin will no doubt remember a lot of stories he wish he told, so we'll probably do an episode two. But great job, Run to Eat, the interview with the penguin. This is the On On Podcast. Hasher voices, Hasher history, Hasher stories. New episodes every week. Until next time, On On. This is Ra. To close the circle, here's the Hash Anthem sung by Mother Hash. Swing low,